Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuwana's Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Just in the nick of time. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and maybe you're streaming on the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Monday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. We're almost into it. It's funny because this season has been like a slow burn, a slow build, and uh, now... I think we're about one week away from it just shifting completely into overdrive. But for that to happen, teams here in the state of Montana and around the Big Sky Conference are going to have to take care of business. We're coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated, and proud to say so, for more than 15 years. Mondays, we got it locked. There's not really any change in the schedule, and there won't be until... We're about to open Christmas presents. We got the Montana football hour to get things kicked off. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, my great friend here in studio with us. The Grizz coming off a bye. The Bobcats coming off yet another impressive victory. Where are we at with the Montana schools as we enter the second half of the schedule for 2022? Where are we at with the rest of the Big Sky Conference? We're going to talk about all of that and more here during the Montana football hour. And then hour number two our great friend Marty Mortaweg will be in studio with us for the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. We'll talk all things NFL. Coach has also been doing the color on the uh, TV broadcast for the Grizz. And, uh, but because there was no Grizz game this last week, you're going to get a full dose of NFL. The NFL is uh, completely off the hook right now. And so Coach will give you all the ins and outs. I got some broad questions for him. Got some winners and losers. And then we got a Monday night football game to preview as well. It's always fun when uh, the Chiefs are playing in primetime, only because of Coach Marty's connections with Andy Reid and uh, that coaching tree. So he'll have some firsthand insight into tonight's game between uh, the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, first of all, speaking of the AFC West, you uh, were down there last week. Uh, Riley is a big Broncos fan, and uh, I got no issue with the Broncos. I, I have always liked the Broncos. They're kind of like my, I mean, I wouldn't say they're my AFC team, but I mean, I, I don't, I, the Broncos are fine to me. I've never had any. Thoughts, but good ones about the Broncos. This particular iteration of the Broncos is very hard to watch, though, man. It's beyond hard to watch. it, And, yeah, I got my weekend started getting ready to go be a fan at football right. games. He gets a bye week, takes the lady down to Denver. And no touchdowns. <laughs> no, I did not no watch touchdowns. a touchdown. I'm thinking, what is going on here? That was painful to watch 
And I think what makes it so hard, there's a combination of two things. Denver fans have been itching, right? When are we going to get back to the glory days? Too many high expectations. And they're on primetime every week. So they're just getting grilled national spotlight. It's ugly right now. I I said I was going to give them an eight-game pass and figure it out. But, man, watching that firsthand, good luck next year. (laughs) That is, by the way, Montana Football Hour and Monday Afternoon Quarterback. It's your show, Outlook, presented by Brett Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Official Realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. All right, before we dive into this Montana Football Hour, what is the issue? Is it it a first-year head coach? Is Russell Wilson not having any juice left? What's going on? I think it's a combination of both of those. More the coaching, just in the sense of the unorganization, right? I, I yeah. think from... I mean, the first two ma- weeks was crazy. He didn't even know how to call timeouts in the right form or fashion. No, and really, if you go back to Thursday, I know no one wants to recap that piece of hot garbage, <laughs> but if Denver with 2.20 to go, if they just run the ball, kick a field goal, it's 12-6, and they make the Colts go all the way down and score. Instead, they throw a pick. So game management even now is a, a mess. The... Thursday Night Football games are now being streamed on Amazon, which if you've been following along at the business angle with Justin Angle, is actually an incredibly fascinating dynamic because I think we're approaching a tipping point in which advertising within the scope of live sporting events is going to fundamentally change as we know it. We're not going to go down that road, but they do have a superstar group of post-game analysts, including Tony Gonzalez, Andrew Whitworth, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then Russell Wilson's former teammate Richard Sherman, Richard Sermon was outside of his mind in the postgame because it was almost like when you have a traumatic experience and you get triggered. Richard Sherman was like, man, you got to run the ball right there. And it was almost as if he was implying that this is all the way on Russ. Well, and you look at back at Nathaniel Hackett and his background, I look at it and say... What did he really do in Green Bay? Was it more Lafleur calling plays and Rodgers with the game plan and Hackett just had to make sure that Rodgers was smiling on a day-to-day That's basis? Right. Because right. I, I don't know. I, Russ, a little bit banged up. Uh, ca- casually, that came out last week. Now he's got to... Yeah, yeah I, that's I, such Russell Wilson I, stuff right there. It uh, is. I, two, I was hurt two weeks ago after I played like trash last week. That's a, such a Russell Wilson and, move. And now we justify the poor, poor performance. So let's just say the expectations have went down and now I'll be happier watching Denver because if they look like a piece of trash again. I'll just turn the channel. And just say, hey, hopefully the Grizz have a deep run. I won't worry about the NFL playoffs. It, it, it this is year. it is too bad because the Broncos are really good on defense, and uh, I think their offensive line is pretty good. And I think that they were supposed to be really good at running back. Then Javante Williams got hurt. I, I guess the issues all come down to me, the play calling and the quarterback, and that was the issues before, and they th- thought they fixed it with these new guys, and they haven't fixed yeah, it. Yeah, you thought a $250 million check could fix your problems? <laughs> Money doesn't buy happiness, Coulter, even in the NFL. I love it. Riley Corcoran, resident Broncos aficionado, as well as the voice of the Grizzlies. Joining me, Coulter Nuanas here uh, on Nuanas Now. All right, let's rip through the weekend that was quickly, and then we'll get into some analysis uh, first of all, when you take a look at the Big Sky Conference, I was over in Bozeman this last weekend. The Grizz on a bye. The Bobcats hosted Idaho State. We'll get into that one in just a minute. But MSU uh, runs the ball straight down Idaho State's throats, 255 yards rushing and a 37-6 to victory. One of the weirdest second halves of any football game I've ever covered. We'll get into the whys behind that here in just a little while. NAU got back on the winning side of things, 31-29. Over Cal Poly, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means Cal, Cal Poly's getting better or NAU's just not very good or what What we think of that one. Portland State was out of conference. They played uh, Lincoln, California College. I almost said high school. That's that's kind of what uh, came to my mind. 48-6, to the Vikings have no trouble uh, with their last out-of-conference opponent. 
Did Barney buy free beer for that one for people to come watch that game? <laughs> Sac State, 55. Northern Colorado, 7. So the Hornets remain undefeated as well. They remain in the top five. And then the nightcap, Weber State drills Eastern Washington. And uh, you could tell Jay Hill wanted to pour it on. They scored a long touchdown with three minutes to go in the game. They got called back for holding. Then they marched into the red zone, and they score a short touchdown. They gets called back for a penalty, and they don't stop going, and they make sure to score a touchdown on the third one. They score, I mean, they were up three scores, and they scored a touchdown with a minute and 40 seconds to go. They wanted to absolutely make sure they made a statement against Eastern. Is there a message we didn't see from last year? I don't know. know. There's a reason why things like that happen. For sure. Right, wrong, or indifferent. There's something behind. We saw this with, I mean, we've seen this with the Grizzlies. We've seen this with the Bobcats. The premier programs, and make no mistake, Eastern Washington has absolutely been one of, if not the premier programs in the Big Sky for the last 10 years. When they are a little bit down, everybody relishes laying it on them. Hey, you guys scored 50 on us once upon a time? Okay, how's it feel? We will remember when you guys were padding stats back in the day. (laughs) And and do you remember uh, Aaron Best and his Twitter account during the Grizz playoff game against JMU? Oh, man. I have a funny feeling that that might be coming up the second week in November, too, so we'll see. Uh, Juicy, juicy. All right, let's dive into it. It's the Montana Football Hour. It is presented in part by the Advocates. If you've contacted the Advocates, they know your life has been turned upside down, so all the Advocates want to do is to help you. With no upfront costs and free consultation, you don't have anything to lose. That's right. Find out if you have a case without paying a dime. The Advocates want you to win, so they'll fight for the settlement you deserve while you rest and you heal. Chat directly with an attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. We're going to analyze the uh, Bobcat game here uh, off the top, and then we'll get into some fun stuff with Big Sky Power Rankings and kind of where we're at. So this will be a little bit different of a format. Usually we go long in segment one and then shorter in two and three. We're going to go short here, take an early break, and then we'll have a long discussion about where we're at at the midpoint in the season since we only have the the one actual uh, in-state game to analyze. Uh, Montana State comes out, and uh, Idaho State scores a 38-yard touchdown on their fourth play of the game, and you're sitting there thinking, oh, man, Idaho State had some spunk down the stretch against the Grizz. They come out and score right away against the Cats. You're like, okay, maybe this second ground hour kid is okay. Maybe Idaho State's all right. And then after that, it was all Bobcats. Montana State, they controlled the game as well as I've seen them control a game under Brent Vegan. They had the ball for 40 minutes. I know some coaches say the time of possession isn't where it's at. I guess it just depends on what style you want to play. MSU, let's make no mistake, for as much as they have evolved and changed and diversified themselves offensively, the saga remains the same. They want to line up and they want to smash you in the mouth. They're not running inside zone gap scheme anymore. They're running more outside zone and stretch stuff. That caters to their offensive line, caters to their stable of running backs, which they actually have a few running backs back now. And uh, I thought they looked really, really good uh, running the ball. 255 yards on the ground, 4.9 yards per carry. Five different possessions of more than 12 plays, all of them resulting in points. They did leave something to be desired because they had to settle for field goals on three of those long drives. But at the end of the day, they raced to a 34-6 lead in the first half. They cruise in the second half, a 37-6 win for Montana State. The the two biggest storylines coming out of this thing, though, were one, they were able to keep a lot of the big body blows off of Sean Chambers. You could tell they were really, really protecting protecting him in the second half with a four-score lead at halftime. He ended up with only eight carries, scored all three of his rushing touchdowns in the first half. But the other big storyline here was that Charlie Regal got taken to the hospital like an hour before kick 
Uh, I don't know what the details are. I don't think we'll find out because it's sort of just, you know, one of those privacy things. Not good. I hear he's okay. He got back to Pocatello in short order, and uh, I think his wife was actually at the game, so she was able to drive him home after he got checked out of the hospital there in Bozeman. But that's all to say, when the Cats scored on their first six possessions of the game, they're up 34-6. to I don't know if this conversation actually happened, but it was almost as if there was an agreement made at halftime like, hey, let's get out of Dodge. Because both sides, I mean, even down 34-6, to Idaho State was running the ball. Like, there, it was, you could tell that neither team really, they, 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 Idaho State wanted to go home, and Montana State wanted to not rub it in with uh, a, a shorthanded Bengals squad in Bozeman. I watched this game back this morning and got the exact same sense, that after halftime, it was one team that is saying, okay, we'll uh, handshake agreement, kind of move on, we don't want to get anyone hurt. And Idaho State... Just got the fight completely taken out of them, right? They have all week to maybe get excited about the fact, okay, they rallied around their coach, post-game press conference against Montana. There were tears. It was emotional. Sure. You could tell it meant a lot. Players rally around your coach all week. And I do think Charlie Regal, despite maybe the struggles they're going to have this year, has that personality to rally a locker room around him. Sure. Well, you get into this week's game plan, like you say, on script, before maybe head coaching adjustments come into play, they score. But then you take the fight right away out and give credit to Montana State. This is just a dominant performance. We could break this thing down in so many different ways. What it was was a butt kicking in one way. And you saw a team that's in the top five. And you saw a team that is rebuilding that will be lucky to win a game this year, quite frankly. But the Cats did what they were supposed to do. These two games right now that they're in the stretch of, it's trap game, right? You mentioned at the top of the show, this is trap week coming up. Yep. Don't get caught looking ahead, but it has to. you have to be impressed whether you want to compare numbers to different results around the country, whatever it is. They're taking care of business in the fashion they should against overmatched opponents. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, the Montana Football Hour here on your radio, on your TV, and on your ESPN MT app. Appreciate you hanging out with us on a Monday. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas. Atrial fibrillation, that's uh, more commonly known as AFib. It's not... Uh, I shouldn't say common, but it's it's a sort of well-known heart ailment. I'm not going to diagnose that here li- on live radio in in, uh, in an effort to not make any errors, but AFib, that's what Charlie Rangel was suffering from. They announced that at their weekly press conference today. I know that I think it was something that was sort of uh, known about because Brent Vegan in his postgame said, hey, I know Coach Rangel's struggled with health stuff in the past. Really wish him the best. So scary. Uh, not ideal. I don't think you're really going to have much of a chance when you're already a struggling program and you go on the road uh, to a uh, hostile environment. And what a perfect day in Bozeman. I mean, that was kind of the story was the homecoming crowd on hand, more than 21,000 there to watch the Cats. And uh, they settled in and they got it done. And I think that the, the longer this season goes along, the more I'm impressed with, you know, there's all these there's all these differences and there's all these different ways to get to where you're at right now and right now we have four teams in the big sky conference montana montana state uh weber state and sacramento state they're all unbeaten in league and idaho's unbeaten in league as well as they make their way here but you know you have the three teams that are fully unbeaten in sac state weber state and montana and then the cats their one loss to a to a power five to oregon state out of the pac 12 but i think that the one similarity that i draw between the cats and the grizz that's so striking is that they're not only playing opponents, but they're also playing against themselves. They're playing the bar that they've set for themselves. I think that Brent Vegan and his staff deserve a ton of credit because I said it on this show. I thought they looked bad against Oregon State. I mean, Oregon State's a good team, and they went and pushed USC down to the wire. The Cats looked uh, sloppy on special teams. They looked not good defensively. They've shored a lot of that stuff up. 
Uh, I think they have made incremental and then pretty market improvements the last couple weeks. That's what you want. And I think that that's sort of the deal uh, with the Grizzlies as well. You've seen them improve each week. Uh, maybe a, a little bit of a, a lackluster finish in Pocatello down the stretch. Uh, we'll see how they are coming out of their bye week. But I think that's when you know you have a team that's mature, a team that uh, has great goals in front of them, and a team that's focused on the process is when you see them get better each week. Well, and I think, too, it, it helps illustrate, Coulter, how the state of Montana, and I'm, I'm looping both programs into this next little bit, is how they've elevated their own expectations and what it's done for the FCS national landscape. The FCS is better when both Montana teams are relevant. You mentioned the perfect day in Bozeman. I can't help but think the perfect day in Missoula for homecoming. It just feels like the state is on full display this year and showing off, and that both of these teams have been as consistent and solid and the expectation to not compete for a Big Sky title, but to win a Big Sky title and compete nationally is now what's there for both Montana and Montana State. So it has been good to watch on both sides of the coin. And what I like, especially for what we do, get to analyze it on the week and start moving forward, all of the... I would just say pomp and circumstance is over. Analyzing a win, okay, they have one common opponent... You know, the Cats did this, the Grizz did that. that. That's all going to be over after this week because the proof is going to be in the pudding. We will find out here. We'll talk about it in the next hour. But the top six teams in the FCS are all going to play each other in the next two weeks. And I think that you'll have separation Saturday uh, next weekend. Uh, can everybody avoid a, a trap game this weekend? We're about to find out. But it's nothing but good and positive things for the FCS and the Big Sky landscape when both these programs are, are playing the way that they are. I'm with you. I, I think for Montana State, turning point in their season was that Eastern Washington game because on paper, their toughest four conference games, they had two of them back-to-back, right, with having Eastern and UC Davis. Yep. Kind of thought matchup-wise, yeah, the Cats should be favored. But if I'm not mistaken, both those games were under a touchdown spread. That's so, right. you know, you could say coin flip in some regard. They took care of business how they should, shorthanded, whatever it might be. They did it. And so everybody's in a good spot going into what will be separation Saturday next weekend. No one's now ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Football Hour presented in part by Stockman Bank. At Stockman Bank, they invite you to experience – the Stockman Difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. The news of the day, the Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Week goes to Callahan O'Reilly. Uh, he had uh, team-high nine tackles. He forced a fumble. He also picked off his third pass of the season in that Montana State 37-6 to win over Idaho State. Uh, O'Reilly had a hand in six of the, in uh, excuse me, uh, three of Montana State's six takeaways on Saturdays. Also had a hand in six total takeaways this season. Three picks, two forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. O'Reilly's one of the best stories uh, going in the state of Montana. He's a kid that was a walk-on out of Bozeman High School as a quarterback. 6-2-2-15, after they realized he wasn't going to be a quarterback, they rapidly switched him to the defensive side of the ball, and he rapidly picked it up. He's been their starting Mike for the last three years plus. He's been one of their leading tacklers, and now he's got an inside track to all Big Sky honors. So uh, impressive for him, a, a local kid, a local family, and he's doing a good job. Well, and one thing that brought to mind today when just looking at the news and well-deserved for Callahan is – we talked here first couple weeks of the season. What are the questions for both the Grizz and the Cats? You said to me, 
leadership? Who are going to be the leaders with everybody that graduated and the turnover from carrying over the momentum from the team that went to Frisco? You'd have to say that Callahan O'Reilly is right there in the mix, of course, with your Okadas of the world and the stars on offense. But uh, you'd have to say maybe his maturity in that regard to Coulter, just a big benefit and a reason why Montana State has steadied the ship, maybe you could say, after Oregon yep. State? Yeah, it is. It's true. And, and there's a variety of different types of leadership, and I think O'Reilly does such a good job of just leading by example. He shows up every day. I I, I mean, to my knowledge, he's never been hurt or even missed a practice. So uh, that's the type of guy that he is, the type of leader that he is. And uh, it's a good story uh, there um, at Montana State. Okay, so three big things about the Cats before we get into some Big Sky Power Ranking stuff. I still – so the other news of the day, today Brent Vegan at his press conference said Tommy Mallott was cleared and that they have the intention of at least starting Tommy Mallott uh, this upcoming weekend. Now, what does that mean? What does starting mean? I mean, at this point, Sean Chambers has scored 15 rushing touchdowns. Uh, he's he's probably one of the leading candidates in the entire country for the Walter Payton Award. The, the dude was a national player of the week in his first start, and last week – he didn't really get a chance to do much in the second half, but he completed 16 of his first 19 passes in the first half. Looked great throwing the ball, looked great running the ball. So uh, d- some question marks to be had, but I actually think that what Montana State ran offensively, their first series against Oregon State before they got way behind the eight ball there in Portland is kind of what they want to run. But it is. It's, it's going to be an interesting question. I think the biggest part of the question, and that's my first big thing about the Cats, is that they've looked like they had a, a more cohesive identity offensively with Sean Chambers at the helm than they did with Tommy Lott. How do they maintain that cohesiveness? How do they maintain that chemistry throughout the rest of the unit? And also, how do they deal with the noise? That's, to me, the biggest part of the storyline. You can say all you want that you're going to run a two-quarterback system. How do you deal with... Everybody asking you all the time, who's QB1? Not only that, but how about every single play call within series with what you decide to go with? Every play is going to be under the microscope more of who is the one that is quote-unquote taking the snap, Who, what personnel is out there, how you how you identify personnel that fits better with each guy depending on the spot they're at. Yep. I don't want to say this is a mess, but this is going to be such an interesting situation so interesting. to figure out for a team that is in the top four in the country that looks pretty good. You're going to have a lot of outside factors creeping in. To me, it's it's two things. How do you handle the noise, but also what Montana State has done offensively the last two weeks, I guess two and a half weeks, including the Eastern Washington game, is they played so unbelievably fast. That's what's going to cater to their offensive line. They only got one 300-pounder up front. It's a smaller offensive line that likes to reach you and make you move, and they're trying to move you horizontally, let the running back cut back instead of moving you vertically. They also have a whole bunch of tiny little cutback running backs like Lane Sumner, Elijah Elliott. I mean, these guys aren't big dudes, but they are lightning in a bottle. You give them a little crease, boom, they can make it happen. They can gas you. So the whole advantage that they've had has been how athletic and fit their offensive line is. How do they continue to have that advantage if they're running multiple quarterbacks, do they switch series? What do, I, I don't know. I, I do think you're going to kill your tempo if you're trying to run two quarterbacks in the scope of one series. Well, this is the old adage with coaches, right? You get your best players and personnel on the field. I'll ask you. You know the roster better than anybody. Just straight skill position. I'm talking quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. Yep. Who are the top three guys? on Montana State's roster at those three spots because you want to get them on the field at the same time. You know where I'm leading you here. Yeah. Who are the top three skill position guys at those three positions for the Cats? I mean, I think Lane Sumner is their best running back, and he's their their best available guy, too. Who knows what the the future might hold for Isaiah Fonse. He's the best running back in the conference if he's healthy, but he's not right now. 
So I think it's Lane Sumner uh, at at receiver. I think it's Cleveland Thomas who will join us on Wednesday. A really funny guy, guy from Miami. He gave me the whole scoop of where he would take me out to eat if we were hanging out on South Beach. Gotta love it. I love getting to know guys from other parts of the world because, I mean, Miami is a world away from Bozeman. And I think it's cool that these kids get to have the adventure of a lifetime. But I think it's probably him or Willie Patterson uh, there on the outside. But, I mean, that's the other part is that Sean Chambers and Tommy Mallott, they each have their own strengths. I don't know, man. There's an opportunity for them to get super, super creative here. But also, sometimes I think the college coaches, not just the Cats, I think across college football, sometimes these guys think too hard and try to get too cute. So I, I don't know. I, I think that they've been so simple on offense the last couple weeks, they just played fast. That's what they got to maintain. Experiment time, maybe, through some of these games yeah. that lead them. Now, again, no I game mean, you can overlook, but experiment. Playing, playing Northern Colorado is a little bit different than playing Weber State. Well, That's definitely for sure. So you throw some things out there this week to set up Weber State. It'll be fun to watch. And this coaching staff, they have their hands full, but a great problem to have. You want us now ESPN Radio, the Montana Football Hour. Uh, the second big thing about the Cats, the defense, particularly the secondary, is getting a lot better. And then I'll just jump right into the third big thing. The, that unit on the back end stands to take another big jump. It was supposed to happen this weekend. Ryland Ort, a Missoula Sentinel kid, was suspended for an NCAA rules violation at the national championship last year. That was a five-game suspension. He was supposed to go through the appellate process and get that thing uh, get reinstated. That did not happen. Montana State Athletics released a statement on Saturday saying, it was exclusively and solely the, far, the fault of the athletic department. Uh, not a good look, uh, but you better get it right this week. You better get your compliance people on it and get the kid back eligible because, uh, you know, he's the one that made the mistake. He's the one that paid his punishment, though, to have this thing continue on. Not great. That said, from a football perspective, when Ryland Ort is back on the field, I think it helps Montana State's defense exponentially. They're running this 4-2-5. They play the strong safety in the box a lot. He's a much bigger body there than the guys that have been playing in that spot otherwise uh, in his absence. So uh, I guess those two things go hand in hand. I thought that the Cats had some major defensive issues against Oregon State. I think they're getting a little bit better. This is just from analyzing it from alignments and execution. I know that Oregon State is significantly better than Idaho State. That's, that goes without saying, but I, I do think that uh, they're, they're getting better in the fundamentals of it. All right, we're up against it, so let's take a break. Uh, we'll have our Big Sky Conference power rankings here at the midpoint of the season. Riley's got some of his. I have how I voted in our media poll, and I also have the results of the media poll. So we'll do that next here on the Montana Football Hour, which is presented in part by the advocates. The advocates know if you need to call them that you're in a tough spot, you're injured, you're stressed out, and you're worried about how to take care of your family. The advocates understand, and they want to help. Talking to an advocate about your case won't cost you a dime, and as soon as the advocates start working on your case, you can start healing Chat online today at MontanaAdvocates.com. Big Sky Conference Power Rankings. Next, keep it right here. You want us now? ESPN Radio. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. 
As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. This album gets a bad rap because it wasn't their debut album and it wasn't Rumors. I love it, though. A little Fleetwood Mac, like early 80s style, you know, right after the hysteria of Rumors was over. Good stuff. What's that's up? A, that's a deep track. I like hey. 7-1. That's good. I, I loved See? it when I saw the playlist. I loved the loved the selection. We curate it for our uh, our guest <laughs> host, Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, rolling with me, Coulter Nuanas here uh, on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. This is the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by the uh, Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot, awesome sponsors of ours uh, across the board. They are the digital sponsors of Grizz Athletics. They are the presenting sponsor of the Inside the Den podcast, which, by the way, what do you got cooking Inside the Den? Inside the Den this week is off. We had it for last week, ah. the bi-week remedy, so it was good. We've got the coaches show cool. coming up that you can find on the Inside the Den podcast. Wednesday nights, if you can't join us at Fan, and then Thursday, Archived Edition. Our thanks to Blackfoot for sponsoring the Inside the Den, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I can't wait to get back down there at Finn and uh, hear Riley rap with uh, Bobby Houck. Uh, thanks to Blackfoot for their continued sponsorship here of the Montana Football Hour. All right, so uh, we got a little Twitter group of various beat writers from around the Big Sky Conference that vote uh, in a weekly Big Sky Conference power poll. Uh, thanks to Brian Marceau uh, for compiling this for us. So here's how the uh, the results tabulated this week played out. I think there was uh, 14 voters this week, so here's how they played out. Sacramento State, number one. Montana, number two. Weber State, number three. Montana State, number four. Idaho, number five. Eastern Washington, UC Davis, tied at six. Portland State, eight. NAU, nine. Northern Colorado, 10. Cal Poly, 11. Idaho State, 12. Let's just go from the bottom up. I have really no analysis about five through 12 because that's exactly how I voted. No kidding. Right right down the line? I mean, yeah. I, I would break it down. I mean, maybe Idaho and Eastern Washington, but I mean, Eastern has, their last win was a month and a half ago. I couldn't agree more with that. I am not high on the Eastern train this year. I would just break it down into four tiers, just one step further. The top four we're going to get into, to me, five and six are your only two chances at an at-large bid, and I think these two are ahead of the bottom six, and that would be Idaho and Portland State. And they play each other next weekend, so that will be interesting to me. That's kind of one tier in itself. I would put seven and eight, Eastern and UC Davis, because they're in their own tier of teams that expect to be there, yeah. but have totally scheduled themselves out. We, we basically knew in July, yeah. looking at the first five games for these two, they probably didn't have a chance. So they're, Well, they had to beat Montana State. Exactly. They both had to beat the Cats. And if either or beat the Cats, they're, it's a totally different story, because two and three with a win over Montana State, you're, in, you're still in it. You are. And 9 through 12, I'd agree with you. I think in whatever order you want to say, NAU, Cal Poly, UNC, Idaho State, the biggest disappointment out of that group is Northern Arizona because I because I think the main difference from the conference poll was no one was that high on Portland State and maybe higher on NAU if they could have beaten Idaho. Flip the script, but they're disappointing. I mean, they barely beat Cal Poly at home. 
I agree with you. It's a four-tier league. The top four are in, in a class of their own, Idaho and Portland State. I do think down the road, you see that game next weekend in Moscow, the winner of that game will have the only chance at an at-large. Bottom six, agreed. They're, they're done and out already. So the top four in this poll was Sac State, Montana, Weber State, Montana State. I voted Montana, Montana State, Weber State, Sac State. Sac State at four. So here's here's my deal. And because there really isn't any common opponent, and we're talking about one loss between those four teams, and that's two of Power Five, I voted strictly based on the eye test. I think that the team that has looked the most impressive to me this season is the Montana Grizzlies. The team that's looked the second most impressive to me is Montana State. Weber State has been third, and Sac State's been fourth. Sac State's been really good. They rolled Colorado State. I I, I, I don't know how to, to say that. I'm not trying to underrate the Hornets. I think Cameron Scadabo is one of the breakout players in the league. We had him on the podcast last week on the Big Sky Breakdown. He's awesome. I think they have as many uh, dynamo weapons offensively, but I think the Big Sky Conference isn't an offensive league anymore. you got to be able to play defense. If I was power ranking the defenses, it would be Montana, Weaver State, Montana State, SAC. But that's why I got the Hornets fourth. I love this because let's put the disclaimer out there. All four of these teams are really good. All four of these teams should get a bye if things go their way in the next month and a half. And all four can say they are national championship contenders. I think when you look at it, they are four of the best six teams. So when trying to nitpick one through four, it's all for fun for the most part because these guys are going to play each other throughout the next six weeks. At least we wish everyone had to play everybody. But at the same time, we will have it all play out on the field. I would go Montana 1, Sacramento State 2, Montana State 3, and Weber State 4. And that's splitting hairs a little bit there as Andrew's giving me the business in the back. Sacramento State is the only Division One team in the country that has never trailed for a second it's of any game stat. this year. That's a crazy to stat. To me, I, that has to pass some sort of test in the sense of, okay, Northern Iowa, that's a road game in the Missouri Valley. They smacked sure. them. They played an FBS team. They smacked them 41-7. to All they're doing is just blowing out the competition in front of them right now. And it's splitting hairs, absolutely. But these two, these four teams are a combined twenty and one uh, between the four of them right now. I, I would go Montana, Sac State, Cats, and Weber, and that's hard because Weber State. What more do you want to say about them? They have blown out everybody too. But that's how I would go right now. And in my media poll this week, that's how I had those four ranked. There you go. Uh, Texts in from uh, Mike Nugent, great friend of the show. Uh, Curator and uh, mastermind, one of at least, uh, behind the Grid fa- Grizz Fan Pod. Also, great friend of the show, great supporter of this show. He votes in this uh, poll as well, so he-, he was teasing. He said, I can't believe you called me a journalist on the live radio. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, a poll of, uh, what, what do you say, educated football uh, analysts. Support, uh, yeah. uh, passionate supporters of the Big Sky Conference. Hey, there you go, there you go. There you so go. Th- I appreciate uh, Brian for putting it together, and thanks uh to Mike for listening. Uh, you want to the best part about doing this power poll right now is we can sit here and we can splice hairs between this, that, and the other. And again, we're talking about four teams with one total loss between them to a power five school that's not just uh, run of the mill, but looks like they're going to be pretty darn good. I think Oregon State will be playing in a bowl probably late December, early January if they keep it going like they are right now. Uh, but the best part about this is we're going to get answers. Uh, it all, you know, if, if Montana can take care of business this week, against uh, Idaho if the Cats can take care of business this week against uh, Northern Colorado 
you got some stuff coming down the pipe. Well, you do. And judging by how we view this in the top six, well, I put Portland State at six. That's probably the main difference. And as I think the top six teams in the league, they're all playing each other next week. One is playing two, depending on how you do, Montana yep. and Sac State. Yep. Montana State's playing Weber State, yep. and then Idaho's playing Portland State. We will have a ton of answers uh, on this show two weeks from today. It'll be fun to watch. And the individual matchups, Coulter, you're right. Sacramento State's kind of the, the different team out of the four, right? Montana, you say they're multiple offensively, really good defensively. Weber State and Montana State have similar identities, and I think Idaho... Looking at some of their numbers and how they won about it during this three-game winning streak, they kind of have that mold, too, of a same format of Montana State, Weber State, how they want to play. So it's interesting how the big sky has shifted. Sacramento State is different. That, that game, two weeks, it's going to be big. What do you think is the defining factor for SAC? What, what, because we, I, I've been talking about this exact narrative throughout this football season. I think that right now, this day and age, in this in this era of multimedia and everybody can have their games on uh, available to watch, and I'm not saying it's like a big-time event for some of these schools, but you can watch every game now. Therefore, then, you have to have people that can adequately tell your story. And I think that's what's lacking for the Portland States and Sac States of the world. That said, we've been doing our best effort to tell the Sacramento State story because nobody else really is. And you know, I've had a Sac State guest on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast three weeks in a row. But all that said, they still seem like this outpost. I think part of it is because of where they're at. Part of it is because of their tradition, their lack of tradition at their school until these last couple of years. And I also think part of it is there are some guys at, on the staff there at Sac State that have deep ties to the Big Sky Conference, specifically Montana alums like Andy Thompson and Craig Paulson. I also think T- Troy Taylor has nothing to do with the Big Sky Conference. I think besides a one-year you know, stint at Eastern Washington, I think that also contributes to respect or lack thereof within the inner circles of the league. I think two things to dissect there, and this is a, a fascinating point about Sacramento State, a team that has been so solid in this league over the last three years. I think for those exact reasons that you said, they might get punished from a national perspective a little bit of, of why they don't get enough respect, just why, quite frankly, there's not enough information out there. There's not as much I don't want to say internal support, but as far as the city of Sacramento, how much how much does Sacramento State football move the needle? There was eleven thousand people there on Saturday, so okay. they're, they're, okay. getting there, they're getting there a little bit. Well, they are, and that leads me to my second point: is you want to know one thing that they're doing that's that's going to help them? Where's Cameron Scadabo from? Sacramento. Where's Pierre Williams from? You lead me right into this. I mean, th- that's that's a huge deal though, because then all of a sudden, you know, you do have thirty thousand kids on campus. Most of them are from the surrounding area. When they're like, "Oh, I kind of remember that Scadabo kid from high school," they'll go check it out. Th- that helps you. A random talking point that we have the same view on, because I think you mentioned the Big Sky Conference and maybe how they're not as well promoted, whether they care about it or not. I think that they have different expectations. They're not competing per se, with the rest of the Big Sky, number one. It's more within their state of California, right, and trying to get that buy-in from their community, get the more local angle. They are making sure that the good kids in Sacramento don't leave home. That's how they're trying to build their excitement. And quite frankly, they maybe don't care about support outside the state or media coverage um, from a national standpoint. And that's why, to me, 
They're an interesting look because they have done nothing but win the last couple of years. and It's amazing. They're starting to get it going a little bit. The proof's going to be out there here in the next couple of weeks. They have Eastern Washington this week. That's a, that's a weird game in some regards to me yeah. over there on the Inferno. Sure. Trap game before the, the Grizz. And, and we'll see it play out, but can they get it done in December? That's another step, too, for them and maybe why they're getting a little bit lower marks on a national landscape. I think we got about five teams left in the Big Sky Conference that have real playoff hopes, even though we still have five games left in the Big Sky Conference. Which of the teams with their dreams thwarted would you not want to play down the stretch? We'll discuss that and the national playoff picture at the midpoint of the year right after this. It's the Montana Football Hour within Nuanas Now. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio. Well, hopefully we're not rambling. Definitely one of my favorite songs. The little Led Zeppelin for you here on your Monday. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanas, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with us. The Montana Football Hour is presented in part by the Advocates. Remember, if you've been in an accident, you have people that can help the Advocates gives free consultations. They'll help defer medical bills. So chat online today at MontanaAdvocates.com. Uh, Riley, the one, one thing about college sports, particularly to me, especially in, in leagues like the Big Sky Conference that are sort of mid-major in basketball, even low-major in basketball sometimes, and FCS in football, is first of all going undefeated is is uh, really 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 hard. I think that one of the main narratives of teams' seasons is how they react and bounce back when they have their first loss. A lot of times that can be the thing that then launches you. I mean, the last time the the Big Sky had a national championship winner, it was Eastern Washington, and I I remember covering the game that they lost to Montana State in Bozeman, and then they didn't lo- they didn't lose again. They lo- I think they won nine in a row. The Grizz almost did a very similar thing in 2011. Uh, when, I can't remember. I think they lost at Sac State. They lost the game early in the conference season, then they won nine in a row all the way to get to the semifinals. That is often the narrative of the season. But sometimes, though, too, I think it, t- towards the end of the year, what teams want to still be around each other? What teams want to keep playing? It, it sounds silly to us that are just, you know, couch quarterbacks, but college sports, and especially college football, is an utter grind. And when I mean, you don't have a lot to play for, besides just pride, it's easier to give up than it is to keep on fighting. So I think that right now, I don't know if Portland State is all the way out, but I think that they need to really, really scrap and claw to stay in. I think UC Davis and NAU are on the outside looking in. If they ran the table, they might be able to get, you know, knock on the window a little bit just because of the opponents that they have in front of them. And Eastern Washington, they got a huge uphill battle as well. I'm not saying all those teams are out-out, but they are all on the outside looking in right now. Which one, though, is the most dangerous? Which one could ruin the rest of the league if they got hot? I think that team's Portland State. I think just from a talent 
yeah. standpoint of where they're at, the fight that Coach Barney has with the group, and the way they embrace an underdog mentality, right? They, they feel every game that they go into that they're not picked to win, and they have something to prove. I think that's going to hold true for Portland State. I also think that they're one of those rare circumstances. I know people out there are going to think I'm nuts that the, the rarities of a 6-5 and five team getting in. Portland State's resume could be one of those teams in a sense. They, I mean, security rankings have them the toughest schedule in the country. So if they dump one more, they could get that rare spot if they, they have their wins right. I think their schedule set up where they could have the biggest upset win because they play Weber State. They play Sacramento State. They play at Idaho. So they have the most potential yeah. for big wins. Idaho, they've got a a gauntlet coming up, and we're going to find out how good they are. They've, they've proven that they deserve to be in these conversations now, but now you play Montana, Portland State, the next two weeks, uh, another game looming against Eastern Washington. Can you win the games you're supposed to? But, Coulter, if you're breaking down schedules, which you know I like to do, going into the deep dive of potential matchups late in the season, the answer here is UC Davis because their next four games, they play nobody. They play the bottom four teams in the league to where very quietly they could go from one and four to five and four. And then they're at the end of the year set up with games against Idaho and Sacramento State. Yeah. So you circle that game, UC Davis, Sac State. There is a there's an outside chance that Davis could be on a five game winning streak at six and four, and all of a sudden you're saying, Boy, if they beat Sacramento State in a rivalry game, they could sneak into the playoffs. So I know I won all across the board. I think Portland State's the most dangerous, yep. but UC Davis has the best chance to backdoor into the playoffs. Yeah, I think that uh, Davis, they just can't lose any of those games that are supposed to be the shoe-in wins, because then that's where it all unravels. Right now, if you're Dan Hawkins, you can say, hey guys, stay the course. I know we're one and four, but we've played a brutal schedule. You know, you took the number two team in the country in South Dakota State down on the wire. You were competitive for three quarters in, in Bozeman at Montana State before the Cats ran away with it. So, uh, but if you go lose a Cal Poly or something, then all of a sudden it starts unraveling on you. They have to win out. I, I guess I'll put that out there right now. But the schedule sets up where they could win out. I guess I'll ask you. You saw UC Davis live. Are they a team? And you've seen Portland State live. How would you maybe compare? And I know apples orange a little bit, but just the fight and what you saw and demeanor from coaches, players, all of those factors because yeah. those two are interesting to me. Those two teams. The best player on those two teams is Alonzo Gilliam from uh, UC Davis. I was very shocked with how little of a priority they put on making him. I mean, he, he rushed for 100 yards against the Cats, but they. If I, I mean, if I have him, I'm giving him the ball all the time. He can catch the ball on the backfield 30 times. I mean, he's explosive. He is great in space. He's great between the tackles. He's all that stuff. I think, though, one of the big factors is um, sometimes we, we project all of these matchups on paper, and we don't account for if a guy just gets a guy or a team gets way better. I think, though, when you look at UC Davis, I think Miles Hastings is a fine quarterback. I think that he's a system quarterback, though. He's running the system that they want him to run, and it's very dink and dunk and not a lot of explosives. He's going to complete a ton of passes, get their guys in space. That's about it. I think one of the guys that could have unbelievable upside that could change the whole dynamic of this league, actually, I think there's two of them. I think it's Dante Sachere at Portland State. I think it's Jelani McCoy at, at Idaho. Both of them are young. Uh, Sashray is only a sophomore in his first year as a starter. McCoy only a redshirt freshman. They're both dual threat guys uh, that have some – I mean, they're both still raw as prospects. But, I mean, you saw Sashray. He was he was uh, spinning when he was in Missoula. I mean, he had to tap out for a minute because it got so hot down there and he was so overwhelmed by the environment against the Grizz. 
The next week, he comes out. He's Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week. He looked unbelievable. He did. 500 yards, I think, and five touchdowns accounted for. And talking with, you know, members of the Grizz defense, they're saying that, that guy's the real deal. What he did is putting people on skates for a half, and he has the ability to do it if he can stay healthy. And I would go right back to you with Giovanni McCoy and his skill set. What they have done... He doesn't make mistakes, Coulter. That, that to me, when we dive into this Idaho-Vandal matchup more this week, the biggest sense of growth, you could say, is, is what Coach Eck and the new coaching staff has had on McCoy. And now his skill set, he, he takes care of the football extremely well. They are very efficient on third down. I think he's number one in the FCS in completion percentage. And they're number one in the country in time of possession, which means they're sustaining drives. They aren't making mistakes. So I'm with you. Those two quarterbacks right there, they're biggest X factors, and that's why this league is fun. Andrew loves it. He does a great job breaking down the, the league week to week to where you're going to find these hidden gem matchups to where UC Davis Idaho in week 10 yeah. or UC Davis Sac State down the road where there's big time factors with good players. It'll be fun to watch. We have been all over the Northwest already and we got a couple other big road trips coming up. We'll be here in Missoula this weekend so come hang out with us before the Grizz game. Battle for the Little Brownstein here in Missoula. Uh We'll be on the air from 11 until 1230. We'll be hanging out down there at the Chamber of Commerce parking lot uh, from 930 or 10 on. If you're on your way to Missoula, maybe you're on your way to Greeley to watch Montana State at uh, Northern Colorado, we're going to help you get there. Town Pump by the Mile, they're giving you guys the opportunity to win $50 gift cards each and every week here on Nuanas. Now we're actually going to have two for you this week, including right now. Call us 406 888 1029. That's triple eight one oh two nine. Thanks to Town Pump. Town Pump by the mile. We got caller number two. We got a fifty dollar gift card for you at courtesy of Town Pump. Town Pump Montana's best and proud sponsor of the uh, Brawl of the Wild trophy. What about the rest of the FCS? Uh Delaware lost this week. So that was the uh they were one of only what a handful of teams in college football with five and zero records, and they lost to William and Mary. So that's a little bit of movement in the top ten. It is, and I think now you're seeing defined contenders in each of the major leagues. Right? We've talked about the four from the Big Sky. Missouri Valley's interesting this year. Everyone knows about North Dakota State and South Dakota State, but after that. It's Southern Illinois and North Dakota. That yeah. surprised a lot of people. And right now, you, you'd make a hard case for a fifth Missouri Valley team. I'm sure someone will get hot and have some big wins late. But as of right now, it's only those four for those FCS aficionados out there. It is number two, South Dakota State, at number one, North Dakota yep. State this weekend. Reports out of Fargo are saying North Dakota State's essentially a home underdog. No matter what the Vegas line is, is just the feel of how they played. They only beat Indiana State by five points this last week. So that's a game we're watching watching the two main leagues, but one deeper dive, Coulter, the Colonial as well as the Southern, those are probably conferences three and four. It's a three-horse race. You might remember the, the quarterback for Elon, Matthew McKay, right? They, they might be the best team in the CAA. Them, Delaware, William, and Mary, probably the, the top three contenders. They're sitting in the nine through 12 spots in the poll. Then a three-headed monster with Chattanooga, Mercer, and Samford. So I'm going to take notes if you were listening to me for next week with those. But those are your main contenders for, sure. for the four leagues. It's just fun because now you have teams that are playing for playoff roles, and you're playing for you have teams that are playing to spoil seasons. I know that I have a proximity bias and also an investment bias in this. I, I mean, if I was a betting man that bet on FCS football, if it was Eastern Washington versus Samford or Portland State versus Chattanooga, or UC Davis versus, you know, insert, I mean, 
I know. I, I know that again. I got a proximity bias. I I cover the Big Sky Conference. I've invested all of my life's energy and money into covering the Big Sky. The one and four teams in the Big Sky are rolling. These teams that are in the teens and twenties. I think. I think so too. The Big Sky has. I mean, does, does, seven or- does Sanford have a team that, or does Sanford have a quarterback like Gunnar Talkington? No. I mean, does Chattanooga have athletes like Dante Sachery? I don't think so, man. I don't either. And comparing this, it's tough because the Big Sky Conference. You're seeing it. They're turning into the best conference in the FCS, I think, from top to bottom, where you've got teams five through eight um, that could absolutely win these other leagues. When you talk about the Big South, right? Campbell, Gardner-Webb, Bryant. One of those teams is getting in the playoffs. That takes a spot from Big Sky team number six. That, To your point, I'm with you, especially on a neutral field, but it's kind of the, the intricacies of the FCS that we love and hate at the same time. Montana Football Hour presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has 36 locations throughout the state of Montana. They are in Montana, only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. Also presented by Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of Grizz Athletics and the presenting sponsor of the Inside the Den podcast and also the sponsor of the Business Angle, which will return tomorrow. Justin Angle back healthy, so he'll join us here uh, tomorrow as well. And uh, the... Montana Football Hour, also presented by the Advocates. Always remember, you deserve an advocate. You can call anytime, uh, 640-4444. That's 406-640-4444. Or visit online at montanaadvocates.com. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. You can find all of his great work on the Montana, uh, the Grizzly, uh, that is, radio network, as well as the Inside the Den podcast. Uh, Last thing for you, then, uh, any initial thoughts on the Vandals? Battle for the Little Brown Stein, round 87. This is going to be fun because this is, I think, what both old school fans or fan bases have wanted for in this rivalry with Idaho coming back to the league. Coach Houck's very aware, second oldest rival that Montana will play. It's just nice that the game's relevant again. I think that Idaho is taking the right steps. We had questions about them in July. They've answered it. Coach Eck just seems like the perfect fit across the board, embracing everything that is Idaho Vandals and being quite frankly, just refreshing and different from the the past regime. So I am happy that Idaho is relevant in this league again. I think they've got great skill set. They have a three-headed attack at running back. We've talked about Giovanni McCoy, two really good receivers, a solid tight end. It's going to come down to the battle up front. I, I don't know Idaho defensively if they can hold up. That's probably the biggest question mark as we start diving into this matchup, but a great, great matchup in Wild Grizz, and it uh, sell out already. It will be a uh, really, really physical game. Idaho can bring the hat. That's not been an issue. The physicality and uh, the gusto that Idaho plays with has been uh, far down the list of their issues since they came back to the Big Sky Conference. Should be fun. For Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, I'm Coulter Nuanez. We're going to tag him out and tag our other main guy in, Marty Mornoweg, in studio talking all things NFL. That's next, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Keep it right here. Nuanez now. ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions, that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills. So all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.